0: Welcome to the Game Plan Podcast with Judah Newby and Brian Perkins, breaking down all things Seahawks.
1: Well, that was a wild day in Seattle. Seahawks beat the Texans 41-38. Game plan podcast here for uh, not a long time, but a good time. Alongside Brian Perkins, I'm Chudanubi. Amazing game. History with uh, Russell Wilson passing for 452 yards. That is a franchise record, eclipsing the 449 mark of Matt Hasselbeck in an overtime game in San Diego in 2002. Russell Wilson out-duels the brilliant, unafraid rookie Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans. Seattle wins their fourth straight Perkins that are now five and two, and they did it in epic fashion.
0: They did. I mean, I'm still a little bit euphoric or on a high from that game. Like it, what an incredible game.
1: You had, I, you had everything. You had wide receivers making plays, both getting wide open and making some incredibly contested catches. You had Watson just not getting, Giving to flying, you know what's about who Seattle is in terms of defensive legacy and passing right at their best player, Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas. You have Earl responding with a pick six in the first quarter. You've got Hopkins going for 224 in receiving <laughs> yardage. You have Watson just making brilliant athletic plays. And when it's all said and done, I mean the irony is that the Seattle offense, you know, the quotes were they bailed out the Seattle defense and you rarely have the ability to say that if ever and that being said the Seattle defense still made plays when they had to
0: yeah they i mean that's the weird thing about this game is you would say you would look at this and go the Seahawks had no like neither team played defense that's how you would look at this right but seattle if you look like if you had the Seahawks in fantasy the Seahawks defense in fantasy football which i did 8 points i think uh is what in my league someone got because there was a pick 6 Three total interceptions. You had five sacks. So even though you allowed 38 points or what, 38 points, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. Like that's the crazy thing is there was some defense in this game, and and you knew it was going to be crazy, right? Like after the first five minutes of the first quarter, you have like a touchdown and then a pick six, and you're like, okay, this is this is this not ain't settling
1: down. No, yeah, this is going to be pure chaos. I had that same feeling, and you came on the uh, podcast Friday saying it was going to be a high scoring game. I was more on the low scoring side of those things. Yeah, this was high scoring. It easily get got the over.
0: Yeah, I would not have uh, I would not have anticipated this. I had the over for sure, but I didn't anticipate obviously 79 points between the two teams. Incredible. Just an incredible game. I I mean, I don't even know where you start in talking about this, but Seattle's offense finally, you know, has really come alive the last few weeks. Well, Well,
1: the passing offense has. The rushing offense is just still horrible. I mean, (laughs) they had 33 yards of of rushing, and 30 of them belonged to Russell Wilson. I think running backs ultimately just go for five yards gained. I mean, Eddie Lacy, six carries for no yards. Thomas Rawls six carries for minus one yard. Um, The longest rush by a a running back was, was McKissick for four. Yeah, and it was Wilson scrambling that even got him any sign a positive running. So you look at the Texans defense and you're like, wow, they played really horribly giving up the uh, 34 points ultimately to the Seahawks offense. But really the red zone defense of Houston was pretty good. And the rush defense of Houston was really good because the Seahawks couldn't, they didn't do anything around the football.
0: Yeah. Well, not only that, but Rawls had the drop. In, In the end zone, and, which that was a bizarre play on a lot of
1: levels. I just couldn't believe it. I it, I put on Twitter. I was blushing out of embarrassment because one, I mean, you could the throw could have been a lot better, and they were just at, you. they were giving you seven points. I mean, <laughs> he's so wide open, and it just sucks to like that ball's incomplete, and it was set up by the interception. Oh my god! Yeah, and it, like it wasn't it was a so perfect bad. throw by any means. No, but, but, but he uh, had
0: a chance to he, come down with it. Horrible. And horrible, when you're not horrible. doing jack Diddley as a running back in the backfield and yeah. you drop that pass that is not a good look and i was literally every time the seahawks ran the football that game i was pretty much just screaming stop what are you doing why are you doing this because it was horrible well they, and they kept going back to the
1: well well i mean to be fair they did go away from it in the fourth quarter like they, they, they did they, finally and that was something that pete brought up in his presser he said hey daryl and tom were like we can't run the ball. <laughs> and he's like, all right, we're going to stop running yeah, the ball. you think? Maybe a little too late. It's been sure. that way all damn season. 480 yards of offense, and I think 475 of them belonged to Russell Wilson somehow.
0: He had more yards of offense than total offense as a team. That's incredible. That's, I, I, I'll look up the exact stat. but How he does had, that work? Because they had negative rushing yards. The, the running backs had <laughs> negative rushing yards. So Russell Wilson accounted for more yards than Seattle as a team ended up with. That's bizarre. And Jimmy Graham
1: was ranked the best run blocker for Seattle by Pro Football Focus. That's not, that's not, Jimmy Graham is a good run blocker. That's how bad Seattle's run offense was. That being said, career game for Russell freaking Wilson Jr., the third. I mean, this guy, (laughs) best game of his career, MVP conversation starting with him. Um, unbelievable game. I mean, he completes 63% of his passes. He's going deep with regularity on point and finishes with the four touchdowns. Did have the one interception late in the fourth quarter by Marcus Williams, picked off around the uh, six yard line of Houston when Seattle was driving, but he gets the football back with just over 100 seconds remaining. Has to go, you know, 75 yards with no timeouts, and he does. Bombed at P. Rich. Amazing hit for, for P. Rich. P. Rich. Yeah. 18 more yards to Tyler Lockett. He runs it back to the middle of the field to spot it. Even with a 10 second runoff, keep in mind with the penalty on the C- procedural penalty by the Seahawks, and the Seahawks still get that ball in the end zone with a wide open Jimmy the Graham. The 10 second
0: runoff was almost a good thing
1: for less time, yeah. I mean, it, when it was all said and done, <laughs> <Ultimately>, it, was, <laughs> it was a blessing, which was bizarre. But Jimmy Graham finds himself open. Jimmy Graham, by the way, uh, four touchdown catches in the last three games. And two touchdown catches in the last six minutes of yesterday's game. Well, imagine if you would have dropped that one. Red zone threat. Oh, my God. Don't tell me. You know, Wilson had it. Luke Wilson had a drop. Drop. I thought thought it it was Jimmy. So did I. I was like, no, no, say it ain't so. Um, a day that started with Jimmy Graham trade rumors, by the way. I don't know if you, you were following yeah. this, but the NFL Network came out with a, a trade rumor of sorts that Seattle would be willing to part with Graham for a good left tackle. And then Mike Silver talked to Pete Carroll, and Pete Carroll said that was bull bleep. And that was not happening. John Schneider doubled down on that pregame as well, saying, We're not trading Jimmy. And then they went they went to him, and he
0: had a big role in this game. He did. I, you know, let's start with Wilson, Yeah, Russell Wilson. Luke Wilson, by the way, big play in that game. By Huge way, game. So peak Seahawks offense that some fumble, Ruski BS is what gets them a first down eventually into the red zone, like by, on that drive. By any means possible. I mean, Reagan's. ridiculous that that was great challenge. It was a great challenge and great um, by, by Luke w- Wilson because everyone Wilson. had stopped yeah. and Wilson, you know, dived, you know, dove on the ball. But Wilson had one bad pass the entire game, and it was the pick. Yep. And that was the well, frustrating thing. I, I. I, I didn't
1: like the Rawls pass either. Way too much air into that. But the pick, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's fine, but I'm more talking like like you know when like you see a pass and it's like dropped by a defender or like bad or like the 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 receiver ends up making a good defensive play almost, to, you know, Russ didn't really have many of those. Like, yeah, that ball could have been better placed for Rawls, but that was really the only play where you went, man, that was like a bad decision. It was a poorly thrown football. Like everything about it was bad, and I was like that sucks because he's had such a good game. And the one bad pass that he makes is going to define it, like like in terms of a win and a loss. And I was, like, pretty bummed out about that because he had had such a career game. But in the end, obviously, he made the plays. One big thing that I've noticed the last few weeks from Russ, and it's something that I don't know if I have felt uh, since late 2015, is his deep ball. The confidence he has throwing his deep ball right now is, is otherworldly. He is, I mean, his yards per attempt was, I think, like at 11 Oh, yeah. Or something like that. If not higher. 11 or 12 yards per attempt. You know, early in the year and even last season for much of it, and a lot of this has to do with O-line, right, and having time to throw, but you could tell that he was hesitant to take shots, which has been a big strength of his. He has such a cannon for an arm, and he's such an accurate deep passer that they have, you know, made hay off of explosive plays his entire career. And it, it felt like it started a little bit in against down in L.A., and then you saw it in New York. And then this week, it really came to life. And it got to the point, you know, it's gotten to the point the last few weeks where when he throws deep balls, I'm like standing up, you know, like getting ready to celebrate because you just assume that he's going to complete them. And he was, I think, five for eight on passes of 30, 20 or more yards this game.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, First of all, they're calling more deep balls than they have, which was great. Second of all, they were calling a lot of deep balls on play action, which I don't understand how play action is still effective in a game where <laughs> You're running your running game yardage. was so bad. And the uh, analyst made a good point of this, but I, I was I was just staring at the screen. I was like, I cannot believe anybody is biting on any type of run fake. Like, why would that
0: ever work? Yeah, why would you ever respect the
1: run at that point in and, the game? And yet linebackers were still biting and safeties were still getting beat deep for Houston. So, you know, that's, that's just bad defense on them, but big ups because Russell's deep ball. He's always going back to NC state. He could throw a good deep ball in in Wisconsin. He had one of the best arms and and deep ball touch in college football. And that translated to his rookie year, you know, the deep ball to Sidney rice to beat the Patriots. I mean, there's so many examples that you could look at when he was young, young, but you know, to your point, Perkins, the second half of 2015, where he just went on that historic chair tear, particularly the connection to Doug Baldwin, that's what it started to feel like yesterday again, where he couldn't make any throw that he wanted to. How about the one moving to his left to Paul Richardson for the touchdown? How about the one where he's flushed out to his left and has to buy time and fire it over the middle, and there is P. Rich to pick it up. How about the deep ball that Tanner McAvoy hauls in? How about the touch over the middle on a beautiful play called by Bevel to get Trey Madden wide open? That's Madden's second catch of the season, and it goes for 68 yards. McAvoy's was his first catch of the season. It goes for 57 yards. I mean, Lockett went over 100 yards receiving. I mean, p- people were making plays all over the place, and it's been a while. I- even contested balls, I think. Paul Richardson, amazing being able to pull down a bunch of contested balls. Even the third down out route that he ran in the
0: second half was was really great to see. So this was a game for the wide receivers, really, on both sides. It really was. And even the touchdown that didn't count because, believe it or not, running back penalty. Yeah. Uh, which what was an easy call. See, I mean, too. it wasn't super easy. You yeah. saw it the minute it happened. Yeah. You know, you could see it as the play, as a viewer. You it was in the <laughs> vision. But it, that throw by Wilson was a complete dime between the linebackers. It was a dime Dude, piece. I mean, just a ridiculous throw that we will never talk about again because it wasn't a touchdown. Yeah, and it would have been the fourth touchdown in two games for Paul Richardson. I mean, yeah, he
1: is a weapon really it. Seeing- and it makes the moving of Curse to New York like makes that so much worthwhile as long as he stays healthy. Even though Curse is having success, I mean, to give P. Rich more volume and more opportunity, they they worked together in the bye week in the off season as well. Richardson and Wilson did, and that work is showing up in a big way. But the asterisk is there: the health concerns with Paul.
0: Well, with Paul and Lockett both, you know, just because they're smaller stature guys and both have had injuries in their career. Yeah, but
1: Lockett's more the fluke type and Richardson's more the nick and ding will keep him out type.
0: Yeah, though Lockett did have the shoulder injury last year, too, before he broke his leg early Mm -hmm. in the year. So, Or no, the knee injury, excuse me, before he broke his Mm -hmm. leg. I mean, he played on it, but it was like his sprained something or I can't remember, MCL Mm -hmm. or something. They really limited him, and you could see Rich had the shoulder. Rich had the shoulder, yeah. I'm messing up my receiver injuries, but either way, they're healthy right now, Mm -hmm. and you see why Richardson was taken so high in the draft. Like, this is, we're finally kind of seeing, because he's never been able to stay on the field long enough. He's made some plays. He's had some good catches, but it feels like he's never stayed healthy long enough to establish some continuity with Wilson, you know, and and kind of get that rapport and have enough games in a row To really be effective, especially when you add curse to the mix, where he's, you know, more of your second option as a receiver or third option behind Lockett last year. So now that, I mean, that was really a coming out party for him. Lockett, they're really finding good, clever ways to utilize him as well in the passing game. I mean, you know, those three guys right now. They're not the, the best receiving trio in the NFL by any means, but. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you brought that up. That's <laughs> pretty. That shows how but, bullish you are. <laughs> but they're all like. And that's because there's not like one dominant guy there, I feel. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to describe, but those are three really good receivers, yeah. is what I'm saying. They is are really good. Seattle has not had. Russell Wilson has not had the weapons that he has right now ever mm-hmm. in his career. Let's put it that way. Sure. Um,
1: shout out offensive line. Really, really nice game by them in terms of pass protection. I was curious
0: at what you would say because the, the fan base is split on this. In pass pro? In general.
1: Well, it, they got killed in, in blocking the run. Yeah. That's obvious. In pass yeah. pro, though, numbers Pretty don't good. lie. I mean, they, they allowed six hurries on 40 pass attempts. I mean, that's yeah. against that D-line, that's really good. And, yeah, no, this is the best game of the season for them.
0: In pass pro, for sure. In pass pro, I um, yeah. It's hard for me to stand up and applause when – i mean the the running run run protection was so bad the run. yeah I mean, and it's ifedi, so, bad, ifedi, dude, so just bad kills me and if feddie just... with two penalties on in two minute span, you had the ten second runoff late in the game um for um, was that a bushy that had that uh the the false start I can't remember um Either way, it doesn't matter. It, oh, they called it on Russ, I think, technically. What, that was the Russell one, wasn't it? They called it on him, but um, the left tackle moved as well. Yeah. So, like, Odiombo. Odiombo. Thank you. I was. I think it was Odionbo. It's been yeah. a freaking revolving door, man. It's hard to even keep track. But I have to say, like, that's the one thing that I, I will say is, like, yes, the pass pro was better. Um, for sure, without a doubt, and Russell was comfortable. You could tell, right? Like yeah. throwing the ball. Yeah, he had, he had time. He's also been willing to take some hits. Like even the roughing the passer play, where it would have they would have had to punt there because he just missed. I think Lockett down the field. It was in the third quarter. They called roughing the passer. But I mean, he still threw a dart there, even though there were two guys in his face as he was throwing that football. Mm-hmm. Um, so pass pro, it has been better, but it's still hard to get too amped when like the run game was so bad. Like the the I mean, there were guys in the backfield immediately. Yeah, and they
1: kept running at Clowney as if it would be an advantage in the game plan. Um, that may have worked in the past, but it's not going to work when Clowney's one up on a tight end or one up on Odiambo. I mean, he ruled the run defense for the Texans,
0: and the linebackers just.
1: We're in the gaps all day long.
0: But you're right. There was. De- I mean, it's good to see where from week one this offensive line has come in pass pro. Yeah. Uh, I mean, without a doubt, it's still to me. There's. It's still. It's still a, a complete effort that is not there. And that's the thing that I feel like. Come postseason or come whenever, If you have negative two rushing yards as a running back unit, that's going to be tough. But I think yeah, they you're going to start to see Seattle really move away from running the football, um, at least. I mean, you have to run the football, but running it, I mean, how many, I think they had like 18 attempts before Russ started taking off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a lot considering how bad they well, were as you a you got to think
1: about it. This has been a philosophy ingrained into them yeah. for, a, for a, you know, almost damn near a decade. Yeah. So it's not like they're going to just be like, oh, it's not working. What? Oh, let's, <laughs> okay. You know, we're not going to run from the second quarter on. So I give them the benefit of the doubt. Hell, I give them the benefit for not running at all in the fourth quarter. Like, good for them. Um, even though it was pretty obvious that this was going to be a wide-open football game down the stretch. Uh, Seahawks' defense, you know, they give up their first touchdown of any kind in the fourth quarter all season long, and they give it up to the Texans. A fourth quarter that saw four lead changes, by the way, and they couldn't stop Deshaun Watson. They couldn't stop Houston offense. Now, first off, props to Deshaun Watson. Physically very talented, mentally advanced beyond his years. And he burned the Seahawks. I used that already without fear, going right at Richard Sherman and beating Earl Thomas on a deep ball early. I mean, he was fearless, and it showed. And to be honest, I had a lot of respect for that because I love seeing guys play with no fear, and and he played brilliantly despite the three
0: interceptions. I thought that after the pick six, he would struggle just because rookie quarterback, super hostile environment, you know, on the road in the NFL, in football in general, when big plays happen defensively, it's really hard. And... I've always respected quarterbacks when they throw a pick six to be able to come out and play well the immediate cuz like you imagine the memory the sh- the compartmentalization you have to go through to forget that in basically a 5 minute period of time cuz a pick six is the worst thing you can do like as yeah. a quarterback it's the worst thing you can do and
1: you just got to get rid
0: of it you have to very quickly <laughs> yeah, and they always say
1: flush it but easier
0: said than done and there's a lot of and most quarterbacks can't and Deshaun Watson as a rookie on the freaking road, did immediately, the next drive. I mean, that's... I mean, he embarrassed Seattle. (laughs) He did. He He did. He did. did. It it was impressive. And you know what? Seattle's defense, it's not like the offensive line for, for Houston was outstanding. They, You know, he wasn't standing back. He had five sacks in that game. And why I'm saying that is because I feel like he was under pressure at times. It wasn't like he, you know... He was standing back there knowing that he would have all the time in the world. Frank Clark was the highest-rated pass, had the best pass-rushing game by Pro Football Focus's metric of the entire season of any pass rusher. That's impressive. So, to that point— How about that, Dwayne Brown? (laughs) To that point, you know, Brown was clearly a little bit rusty in that game in his first game back. But even with that, Deshaun Watson still stood in the pocket, ran for 15 yards on that third and 14 um, in the second half. Crazy. Presence of mind off
1: the charts for Watson you mentioned the the third and 14 conversion where he be, he's able to point out the block and then finish off the run in the corner and that got me fired up for him I was just like dang this guy's good um how about when I can't remember who it was number 97 for Seattle had a free shot at Watson and Left his feet for some reason. This is down near the goal line on the touchdown to Lamar Miller. Yeah, okay. um,
0: Yeah, who was that? I thought it was Freeney at first, but it wasn't. No, no, it was uh, Smith. it was
1: 97. Oh. It was Smith, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm blanking on his I name, I can't remember Smith's first name, but anyway, <laughs> they, they have not a, not so a true sick Se- Seahawk fan, yeah. We're not a true 12, uh, not, a, not a real 12. Um, but Watson, you know, gets spun around and then still you know, is able to keep his feet and keep his eyes into the end zone. And was hit Russell Wilson esque Miller for, for a dart. And it was the entire game was Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson channeling Russell Wilson. It was
0: amazing. It was the meme of the Spider-Man pointing at <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> That's, That's what good. That game was.
1: That's really good. And to be fair though, I think Watson is going to be his own player and a brilliant player for years to come. Of course yeah, I really do. And, but it did remind you of, of Russell's impact early on in his career for sure. Um, yeah, just an incredible football game. I'm trying to th- Oh, Dwight Freeney did play 18 snaps, 12 of them in the first half. Had a half sack. Had a half sack, had a couple pressures. He played much more than I thought he would. <clears throat> he did, but ultimately, you know, just 24% of the snaps. Still though, like his
0: first but, game, yeah. I mean, I was a little surprised how much action he got, but I think that shows you how badly Seattle needed him. Yeah, they did. They I really mean, did. You know, so good signing for them on that perspective.
1: And in terms of the pressure on Watson, I mean, that's when he threw his picks. Was one one he was under slight pressure, but really just wanted to force the ball into Hopkins, and then Thomas took it to the house. But the second pick to Sherman on the uh, on the left sideline was he was under pressure. It was a play fake, and then he was getting rushed, there was action around his feet, he hurried to throw, missed his target, and it was a gimme pick for Sherman. And then, of course, on the last drive of the game, that was a Frank Clark sack that set up the desperation deep ball. So Sherman with the two picks, but to be honest, both of them weren't exactly uh, physically challenging. (laughs) It's funny
0: because Sherman, you know, in the first half, Sherman— Quote unquote looked bad because of the that really that beautiful like 35 yarder to Hopkins when Sherman was all over him. I mean, just an incredible pass and catch and the it, touchdown to and four. then the touchdown where Sherman got just mixed up, you know. But man, he had two picks in the game. Uh, but shout out to O'Brien and the Texans offense and their game plan and their scheme. I mean, there were like fakes, bubble screen, was awesome, handoff, dude. deep shots. There were, like, triple option fake, you know. I mean, there was so much creativity. And as I'm sitting there in the first half, you know, Seattle went three and out. And and the first quarter was very odd because you had to pick six. So Seattle's offense wouldn't have been on the field much anyway. But, you know, you're watching Houston be so creative on offense. And they have a burner, obviously, um, just like Seattle does, you know, in Tyler Lockett. And I'm I'm getting frustrated watching it not not even because Seattle's losing but because I'm going why does Seattle's offense look so damn boring and plain with all the weapons they have and they have a rookie quarterback who and they are being so creative and giving him so many opportunities um you know to find guys his playmakers essentially down the field or even in the short passing game guys it felt like playing the Falcons in the playoffs where guys were just always open and you're yeah. like, how is he open? How is he open? How is he open every time? How does that even happen? Well,
1: <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, like, props up to Bill O'Brien. Absolutely. I mean, Shanahan, your Falcons point, Shanahan's a ridiculous play caller. And some guys are just ridiculous play callers and coordinators. I think O'Brien, that was really impressive stuff. Um, Bevel is not that creative by no. default. That being said... We've seen moments and portions sometimes of the Seattle offense where they've opened things up a bit and got more creative. I think that's going to be a theme of the second half of the season is this offense is going to become more 60-40 pass and become more creative because they realize Russell's an MVP candidate, and you know you protect him well enough, and he's going to be top five MVP
0: conversation. And yeah. they protected him well enough on Sunday, and it showed. The floodgates really opened offensively during that Colts game. And they haven't looked back since. Offensively, they played. You know, I, it was a slow start against the Rams again. But in general, if you look at the numbers of an entire g- effort, the entire game, Seattle's offense is tops is top ten in the NFL at worst. And this game, they scored in the first half. <laughs> Thank the good so, lord. Yeah, well, they were averaging six points a game in the first half. I think going into the game, or six, six or seven, somewhere in there, they scored twenty one in the first half. You know, yesterday. So no,
1: no what, no merciless, but it was still a top ten defense in total defense and scoring defense and turnovers in in Houston, and they they dominated them. Yeah, except for running, of course. They dominated them in the pass game. That's all that mattered.
0: Just thank your lucky stars that that you as a Seahawks fan do not have to see Deshaun Watson more than either once every four years or in the Super Bowl.
1: Well, I mean, you, you still <laughs> might have
0: to face him. Uh, well, I guess no. That's no. true. You don't you
1: never have to face him as a division winner, right? Never, never. That's ridiculous, man. I mean, good luck, Colts, Titans. <laughs> that NFC South, if luck can get healthy with Mariota, luck and uh, yeah, and Bortles, and don't forget about Blake Bortles, you know, garbage time city. <laughs> but the Jags, sack city. That's a good Seahawks team too. We,
0: we talked going into the year that a lot of parallels to the, to the 2013 team in terms of depth. They are five and two for the first time since 2013.
1: Yep uh but for all the comparisons with the 2013 defense yeah so swing and a miss <laughs> 2015 second half offense i think that's the comparison i'm gonna be looking at the rest of the way i'm gonna go watch some games for 2015 because they opened some stuff up and it was awesome to see them become more pass focused in that part of the season yeah um So I'm going to see what what that might be able to look like for them moving forward. Seattle is still
0: on schedule with this win. You know, they're undefeated at home. They've won two road games already this year. You know, if you want them to get to that, you know, the Eagles won again, which we all expected them to playing the Niners. But, you know, they're 7-1. and So all of a sudden that Philly game, man, that Sunday night game is going to be big. Yeah,
1: first week of December.
0: But if you're a Seahawks fan, you have to be happy. I know the defense um, let a lot of big plays go yesterday. But, you know, your team's 5-2. and You have a Washington team coming into town next week that's super injured and not playing well. I mean, they're probably, Seattle's probably going to be a 9-10 to 10 point favorite in that game. I, I truly think that. Then you have Thursday night against... I mean, things are really lining up. You and I talked about it, but, you know, the Texans were a tough test. I'm going to watch this
1: Texans team going forward. Yeah. I think they've got some playoff potential, deep playoff potential. Like, the ceiling for them is to beat Pittsburgh, too, I think. You know, their, their defense, they need to inspect is maybe this is an outlier of a game for them, too. Yeah. But there are certainly some issues there that they can fix. But offensively, I mean, it could be better than Pittsburgh's, I think. I think. With Fuller and Hopkins and and the backfield they have with Miller and Foreman and Blue and, of course, Watson
0: running it all in a pretty good offensive line. Statistically, I think they've been the best offense in the NFL this year. Well, since Watson's come on. I know. Which, by the way, who was that? Tom Savage was the starter. I don't know what O'Brien was doing.
1: Really quick, trade deadline, one o'clock Tuesday. Does Seattle make a move for a left tackle or any type of move of
0: significance? I give it a forty percent chance that they make a move. I
1: okay. think that
0: they're really trying to, but I also am not convinced that that Schneider is willing to give up his first. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I don't know what Seattle will give up. Jeremy Lane? Jeremy Lane I, and seems and like the, the, the biggest name. And he had the pass interference, you know, yeah. early in that game. It was tough. It was a weak call, but whatever. We'll, we'll see if um, stay in My Lane stays in Seattle or not. Well, just with Coleman there now, I mean, there's just some depth there that, I mean, I think that Seattle's going to have to give up more than they want, which is why I give them a less than 50% chance to make a move. What do you think?
1: I probably think it's around 30. Yeah. Um. I just, Lane would be the guy to move. I just don't know if you can bring in anybody of significance at
0: this point. Can you name, I mean, more than a handful, maybe 10 left tackles in the NFL that are tradable? No way. I was even going to say that are even like elite. You know what I mean? Well, okay. So that defines the term elite. But I mean, even it feels like offensive line play in general is not great. I think you've got your
1: amazing alignment and then you got your alignment. And then you got your – And that's the problem is
0: you are, you are trying to go for a position that there is a lot of demand for. Right. Thus having to give up a lot to get it. Yep. And that is something that I don't think Seattle – Seattle's not willing to compromise that's a lot I, of picks or the future or whatever for, for this season.
1: Well, and that's why they think it's better to bet on themselves. Yeah. And that's why George Fant was the project. And
0: it sucks that he got injured.
1: But, you know, conversation for another day. Ultimately, the Seahawks are 5-2, tie up the Rams who are idle – for the number one spot in the NFC West, and they get the Redskins at home next week. That was an amazing football game, Perk. I'm still... I gotta go buy Game Pass again, because I lost it this year. I haven't renewed it yet. But that game has got me back into Game Pass. I was already hyped before the game. Now I'm already
0: hyped after. Crazy game. Crazy game. Could be a special year. I mean... I mean look they're 5 and 2 they're they're where you want them to be. It's been an up and down roller coaster for 7 games of the season for sure, but this is exactly what you and I were talking about after the bye week, trending in the right direction, moving towards that dominant level end of the season run, you know. Do you want to be the Eagles that maybe peak too early or do you want to be the team that you really hits their stride mid-season, late season.
1: That's yeah. what's important. I'm sure there will be a loss or two before the end of the year, of right? That's if they go 14-2, the and CNFL, two, I would be stunned. <laughs> I'd be shocked. But you would think that the defense regresses to the mean a little bit more than than yesterday and is really good again, and that the Seahawks offense may have just unlocked something special in their past game and hopefully pick it up off the floor with their run game enough to be really dangerous.
0: If Seattle's offense is 20 a lot of people are worried. That was the big talk after the game was like, hey, great win. What's going on with the defense? The defense just needs to be probably top 10. They don't need to be the number one defense in the NFL if, if the offense can play as good as they have been. There's a little bit more wiggle room there.
1: We'll keep an eye on Earl Thomas's hamstring, too.
0: Yes. Because that could play a deciding role.
1: All right, for Brian Perkins, I'm Drew Anubi. We'll see you Friday, breaking down Seahawks-Washington on 1029 The Game. This is the Game Plan Podcast.